Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. Wow! For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. <laughs> You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Oz Network for our uh, uh, episode four coverage of what is this? Scott takes the world takes off. Okay, uh, episode four, of whatever! Uh, exclamation point, and uh, <laughs> oh, you know, whatever. We have stuff to say. <laughs> My name is Rossi, and we're about to roll the camera. <laughs> Not like a bowling ball. The camera doesn't actually roll. Well played. Uh, and my name is Colin, and I heard they got some notorious heterosexual to play me. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we can hypothesize who would play us in the in the movie, oh, in the Oz Network movie. Who is us? It's definitely not Chris Evans. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, let, maybe people can comment in on the episode. <laughs> Uh, who we are uh, but anyway yeah episode four whatever this is the um x number two episode we had what was it last time was x number four yeah now we're on x number two just gotta go chronologically with a little bit of a mix-up yeah we had episode one was one then or, or seven and then we get go to one and then we come back to, it's it's all over the place um but yeah episode uh, uh four i kind of enjoyed this episode i i thought it was fun i thought I was finally excited to hear some. I feel like out of all the X's, we've heard the most about number two. So to finally get the movie star and everything, it was exciting for me. And uh, I don't know. I don't know how you felt if you liked this episode. Is this one of the ones that all time greats? Uh, yeah, well, I was saying when we started last week that um, three and four, just off the top of my head, would have been the the ones that I probably would have ranked a little bit lower. Um Three last week, I was much higher on on a rewatch and even more or higher now since I actually went back and read. There's stuff that we didn't even talk about last week that I wish I'd uh, reread the the book before we got there because like Kim in the video store with her coworker is in the book. Uh, didn't even realize that. Uh, a lot of stuff uh, last week that um, the, that they actually fit in like these little Easter eggs. And uh, I'm, I'm also glad that there's uh, a chance to read the Lucas Lee section of the Scott Pilgrim book before I was able to watch this one. Cause there's a couple of Easter eggs in this too, but uh, I-, I think I'd still stand by. I mean, this is a great episode. It's very entertaining, but uh, in the grand scheme of things, this is probably one of the lower stakes episodes. Still fun though. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the episode, just uh, not quite the heights of the previous one. But what we really missed last week was uh, the smallest Easter egg that I think very few people would even notice is that uh, Scott's funeral from the week prior, so episode two, which we failed to comment on, uh, was actually in the Scott Pilgrim books as a dream that Kim had, where Kim was having a fantasy that Scott Pilgrim died and she was at his funeral and she was excited by that. 
that they basically duplicate what his funeral looked like in the book. But uh, uh, much smaller reference in this episode, which we'll get to in a little bit. I love how you say we missed this detail. Like we I did was miss gonna... it. Like how dare you? <laughs> yeah, like I was going to bring it up, but I just forgot. Your um, wealth of knowledge is failing all the listeners here. Yeah, um, but yeah, I I I thought it was a fun episode. I I don't know. I forget. I forget we talked. If you mentioned, but I feel like Tom, is it what's his name? Lucas is the actor. Lucas Lee. Yeah. Yeah. He has the least stakes in anything, from what it seems like. Yeah. Like he has no investment in the story. He's like the least plot active. So I felt like an episode about him would definitely be the least central to what's happening. Um, it's sort of the events of the story happen around him and he's just there. Mm-hmm. So that, it was an interesting way to set an episode where I feel like everyone else was really involved and then he's just there. Yeah, I, I, I will say, I think that one of the things that I appreciated more in this on a rewatch and it's still at a lesser level than the other X's. So I was saying that what the movie doesn't really get a chance to do is give enough of these X's backstory where you realize they all kind of have a reason to be upset at Ramona. Whereas I think the way the movie played it, especially with uh, with uh, the Lucas Lee character, was that he was just your typical Hollywood dirtbag, you know, does, doesn't care about anybody, has no reason to be upset. Whereas there, there, there is a small reason and, and you still get like the, the douchey part of the Lucas Lee character, but they do find a way to fit in. Like he has at least a small reason to be upset at Ramona, which is something that, that is missing a little bit from the movie that they do fit in here. Uh, they don't go too over the top with it. They don't feel the need to go any more in depth than I think the, the book did, but uh, we, we get a little bit of his motivation here. Uh, yeah. Um, I'll get it. Let's get into the episode. Yeah. Um, so it starts, I actually didn't fully write this down, but it starts in Glendale. I don't know if they go United States of America. Did they didn't. Have... It's oh, just, just Glendale, Cal- California. Okay. Um, missed opportunity there. <laughs> uh, we get to meet Lucas Lee. He's skateboarding and then he's just like causing traffic jams and beating people up. Um, a very unexpected star. I thought that he was very more stand up, but I guess he is an evil villain in this, in this universe. So mm. uh, anyway, there, he gets a call eventually after he rampages the town on his skateboard, he gets a call from his agent. Who's like, you're, you're not doing well. People aren't caring. He's like, I got you this role. Like you're the lead, just take it. Um, Or like, you've got to get your act together. Um, Anyway, the the only thing that really stood out to me is that they're like, it's in Toronto, Canada, like (laughs) the way they have to introduce it. Um, And I didn't even, register that like i was just like oh is he's gonna show up to where they are but i didn't even register that it could be in involving the characters i just thought it would be in toronto like until we see young neil i was like oh i didn't put all the details potentially together but so he goes he's losing his stardom so he's got to go to do this movie and he he heads over but but we also get like in the interim like ramona's re-dyeing her hair again mm-hmm. and it's you know green and is it green and green or green and yellow I- I think it's just well, I just I just saw green in this one, but you can't really see underneath. So let's it's say like green too, and yellow. It looked two greens, but um, anyway, she's still on the hunt trying to figure out what happened to S- Scott. So she just breaks into the set. Uh, there's all those fans outside wanting to get in to see Lucas Lee, and the very funny scene of the the security guards like, "What? Lucas Lee is here?" <laughs> um, but anyway, Ramona sneaks in and she sees young Neil. Um, 
And he says the my quote at the beginning of like they're about the cameras are about to roll, which is such a great line. Um, and we get into like the actual um, sort of con- continuity of and if you either last episode or two episodes ago where he wrote the script or, or you know, air quotes, wrote the script uh, for this movie. Apparently it was apparently the act. Maybe you can explain it better, but the actual story. Yeah. That you see in the movie. Yeah, because they have that line. It's like, you wrote a fictional movie about a universe where Scott Pilgrim beated Matthew and then we continue to date, which is the original story, whereas this is kind of the alternate universe. That was kind of fun. You know, I, I was like, I don't fully get this, but I feel like this is a definite Easter egg that people should get. Yeah. Um, but so we sort of get the breakdown. We find out that Envy is playing Ramona, <laughs> which is a fun little touch that I liked. Um and so it, it's uh, the film, which I wrote down, which is Scott's Precious Little Life. Mm-hmm. Um, is that a, a line or anything in reference to That's, something that? So all of the uh, the six, I think there were six books in total. They all had their own titles. Like Scott Pilgrim versus the world, which is what the movie title was, was just like volume two's book title. Scott Pilgrim's Precious Little Life was volume one's book title. So they decided to take the the original volume one book title to use for this fake movie or not fake movie. This this movie within the, this universe. Yeah, there was definitely a lot of like inception, especially when we get to Wallace. I'm like writing things. I'm like fake Wallace. Like, I don't know how to explain <laughs> it. Uh, I mean, eventually, like we find out uh, eventually Ramona tries to visit Lucas Lee Um and he is such an idiot. He like has no idea what the story is about. Like he's, he doesn't even know he's playing Scott Pilgrim, the, the guy she's like dating kind of. Yeah. And, and we also get introduced at this point to the fake Wallace, um, who I've, I'm calling fake Wallace, even though he's an actor, but fake Wallace who's hitting on Ramona, which mm-hmm. I thought was a very funny detail. Uh, and uh, like they, they go back on set and, and like they do the very first scene of the, in the bedroom together and like actual Wallace is there and he's like (laughs) complaining about the actor Wallace. And then like he gets the role instead, which is then even more confusing for me. Cause then I'm like the real Wallace in this universe is playing the real Wallace in the other, like acting as the Wallace in the other universe. It's just very confusing. Even if his personality is the same, it's very confusing for me. Um, And then this sort of, devolves until um uh ramona goes back to see lucas lee after this sort of pause in the filming where they actually have a conversation uh she's like i know there's a girl in there when but he's actually reading the script and working on the lines um also young neil uh is driving around on the lot he hits a garbage can oh wait it's not a garbage can it's a like the robot again and uh, young Neil has a great on. He's like, wow, that was a fast garbage can. <laughs> um, I will say, um, I now have a favorite character. It's young Neil. Oh, there you go. You're joining Jamie's club here. Because <laughs> I, I, I think love- I said last week, that was Jamie's favorite character. I love this. He's so funny. Like the garbage can, the camera rolling. He's like, I can't get lost around this lot. And he like crashes the thing. And he's like, wait, where am I? <laughs> like, <laughs> He's the best. I love him. Uh, so anyway, I'll just close out this segment by talking about Ramona saying that, oh, you know, Scott's dead, but he's not actually dead. And she's like, is it you? And to the effect. Um, 
And then there's this whole weird subplot. I don't know what what the deal is, but Lucas is dating Knives actor. Yeah. And but then they run a story that he's dating a 17 year old. <laughs> I don't know if this is like referential to Scott dating Knives in in the the real timeline or anything, but um, yeah, like right they 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 make this discovery and then all of a sudden the paparazzi show up and so I feel like I'll stop right before the fight um to let you discuss all of these potential uh, Easter eggs. Uh, yeah, so I, I guess I just want to start with uh, there. I guess it's sort of um, been said over the years that like the character of Lucas Lee was based on this actor, Jason Lee, which I mean, if, if you Google Jason Lee right now, I guarantee you would recognize him from a million things. Uh, but uh, I, he's primarily I, I got to start in like the uh, the Kevin Smith movies like um, Jane Silent Bob movies. Have you ever seen those? Um, I don't know. No, I don't know if I've seen him. Uh, if you Googled him, I'm, I guarantee you'd recognize him. Uh, he's not like a huge, huge actor. He's not an action star or anything. But what it came down to was that Jason Lee was a skateboarder who got into acting mostly because he was friends with, I guess, Kevin Smith and Kevin Smith cast him in his, uh, a lot of his movies. Uh, but then he actually turned into primarily an actor. I'm doing what, Casper? From that? What is that? Is that a... You want me to open a sucker? Okay, I'm glad that we could always do this on air, guys, because I don't have the time to edit this out. Casper wants to have a double lollies lollipop. Are you going to say hi to Rossi Rocky? Hello. Say hi, Rocky. Hello. Hello. Something about being special, yes. Oh. Hello there, I'm Casper. Hello, Hello. there. <laughs> yes, you have lots to add on this. And you're playing Super Mario World Deluxe, Remy, are you? Okay. I wish that your mom was here to actually help you with this. Because I can't even open this sucker. I'm a terrible father here. And Remy, why don't you try not touching things that are over there? <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. Hey, Jamie, how's it going up there? If you listened to our best of episodes last year, you'd realize how many times this actually happens. Uh, Remy, I'd rather you not touch those weights, okay? All right, thanks. Uh, Casper, I think I almost have this. If I get this, will you go upstairs and leave me alone forever now? Um, that's a line from Scott Pilgrim in case, uh, well, you hadn't seen the movie, so you wouldn't know. Uh, Casper, Casper, hi. Yeah, you don't have to touch anything else. Hi, Jamie, how are you? <laughs> I'm leaving this all in the episode so she can hear what happens. Yeah, yeah, you, you grab Hello, Yeah, it's okay, that's great. How did you hear I do? There you go. All right, take this up to mommy. She'll finish opening it for you. Why do they make children's suckers impossible to open? This would have been over about a minute ago. Great, take that upstairs too. Remy, everybody go upstairs. Have a party up there. Oh, oh. I'm coming. I'll be there. Yeah, well, I'll take over the episode. You can go finish. Do you want to say hi to Rossi while you're here too? You're going pee, okay. That's going to be in the episode. Uh, go upstairs, Remy. Yes. You play Super Mario World Deluxe upstairs. Have you ever played Super Mario World Deluxe, Rossi? I haven't. You haven't? Okay. Well, you got to try it, according to Remy. <laughs> Anyways, back to the thing. This actor, Jason Lee, uh, based on the fact that he was a skateboarder turned actor, inspired Brian Lee O'Malley to write one of the X's as a skateboarder turned actor. That's why we have all the skateboarding stuff in this, if you were wondering. 
Uh, that is the longest bit of trivia we've ever given on this show. Um, uh, is he anyways, Canadian? Jason Lee? No, he's not Canadian. So, no. I, and neither is Lucas Lee. So, I guess there's some accuracy to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, we see the broken skateboard at the beginning, which is something that uh, is new. That's the we, as I said, we get some of the backstory between um, Lucas and uh, Ramona in this, but the the idea of the broken skateboard that comes up later on, we don't get. Uh, I love the agent, like the agent. This is this is one of my favorite minor characters on this show. Uh, <laughs> just the way that she says, "I got bad news and I got bad news." Oh, why don't you give me the bad news? Uh, and then when he's, I don't remember what he was saying. He was like trying to prove that he was good and she says you know that i can't see you right we're on a phone call right now <laughs> uh and the way that she turns into like the uh the angel floating around his head tell him you know you can't screw up again that's great uh the the movie studio being named toronto wood was kind of fun uh and i don't know if you even caught this uh it's kind of like a maybe blink and you miss it thing but all those fans that are outside the studio the toronto wood studio uh they, they have the letters that spell out lucas lee but it spells out lucas eel because they're standing backwards I don't know if you'd appreciate that from our home improvement coverage with Leon from the yeah. first Noel. <laughs> Lucas Eel. There you go. Um, also, cameos here. Uh, again, when I watched this the first time, I didn't stop to pause all the credits, but uh, this one I do remember reading. Uh, the two security guards are Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, who, uh, of course, starred in uh, all of Edgar Wright, who you know directed the movie and uh, executive produced the series, all of his movies like uh, Shaun of the Dead, Hot fuzz and all that. So uh, they, they get their cameos in here. Uh, and um, another thing which you you might have picked up on is when they're on the set and Ramona's like, why does this place look just like the rocket, like the club they were at? And says, yeah, well, the director feels that movie sets are more authentic than the real thing, which is very much like the room. I don't know if they were actually taking a shot at Tommy Wiseau in the room there for having built green screen sets for real locations. Uh, also, the uh, uh, the the director slate they have, it says directed by Edgar Wrong, which is, of course, a play on Edgar Wright, the real director of the movie. Uh, and I had to Google this one. But uh, the um, the cinematographer, it says on that the the film slate is uh, Yan de Pope, which is a combination of the uh, the cinematographer of the movie, Bill Pope. And uh, Yan de Bont was like a famous cinematographer in like the 80s and 90s who went on to become a director of movies like Speed uh, and Speed 2, Cruise Control, which we'll be covering later this year. Uh, Canadian? Uh, not Canadian. <laughs> I don't know. He's somewhere in Europe. Uh, <laughs> a lot of not Canadians in this one. Although we do get a Canadian playing the director. So even though the director Edgar Wrong is based on British director Edgar Wright, uh, the actor they cast to play him in this was Kevin McDonald, who's um, from the Kids in the Hall, which uh, that, that may have been before your time, but it, it's now made a comeback now. It was like a Canadian version of Monty Python. No connection to Monty Python because it was actually from the 90s, but Canadian sketch comedy show, which uh, was, I, I think it was, I think it started on HBO in America and then was on either MTV or VH1, but uh, they made a movie, uh, Ben and I covered last year, Brain Candy. So one of the guys from the Kids in the Hall, Kevin McDonald, they got to do the voice of the director, Edgar Wrong, in this movie. Young Neil, yeah, to me, the best Young Neil moment in this episode uh, is hands down when he's showing Ramona around the studio. And he goes, you know, in uh, uh, America, they call these Mario Karts. And she goes, I don't think that's true. He goes, well, I think it is. How would you know? She goes, well, I'm from America. Well, they definitely call them Mario Karts in Japan. Yeah, I don't think that's true either, <laughs> Young Neil. Uh, 
so many of the great uh, lines from uh, Wallace in this, uh, or even the fake Wallace. Are you hitting on me? Maybe I am, and maybe I am. Uh, the the one where he's talking about uh, my old roommate. What's his name? Like he's already forgotten Scott's name. Kind of uh, playing up on uh, last week where he says, "Tell him I changed the locks and all." Like he just doesn't even care about Scott whatsoever. Uh, and then yeah, when they're on the set filming here. And um, uh, Wallace replaces Wallace or replaces fake Wallace. Uh, I love that the director's like right in his face. Don't you already have an actor? We've already escorted him off the set. And then he moves and the guy's already off the set. Um, the, the Lucas scene with with Knives, uh, I, don't, I don't know whether this was uh, specifically just a joke about you know, the fact that like Asians can play very young. Cause I'm pretty sure that um, Ellen Wong who played Knives Chow in the movie was one of the older actors in the movie, despite the fact she was playing the youngest actor in the movie, I think she was like in her like 25 when they made Scott Pilgrim versus the world. So it's kind of funny. They have it where he's dating the actress who plays knives. And he's like, she's 31 in real life. <laughs> uh, also uh, amazing uh, moment here where he's going over the script in his trailer and he's reading the ending or how his character ends. He goes, this is such an unrealistic ending. Uh, once we get to the movie later this year, you'll actually get that what he's reading about how Lucas Lee dies in the movie, Scott Pilgrim's Rush of the Life, is how Lucas Lee is defeated in the movie. And he says, this is so unrealistic. I would never do that. Uh, so obviously we're living in a complete alternate universe or Lucas Lee's just so full of himself that he thinks that he would uh, he would never actually go out like he actually did. Uh, there's one other uh, slight Easter egg here, which uh, probably like the diehard fans will get, but... Um, when the newscasters are on TV right before they break the story about him dating a actress that's playing a high schooler, uh, they have this line where they're reporting on the previous story and they said, that's actually hilarious. So that is like the, uh, it, I, I don't know if it's kind of become the signature Lucas Lee line from the movie, uh, but it's, it's like the way that Chris Evans, uh, he had this line and it's such a throwaway line in the movie where he's just reading a text message. He goes, that's actually hilarious. And it's just the way, the dryness with which he delivered it was so funny. Like to this day, Jamie and I, there's probably not a single, I'm not going to say week, but a single month that goes by where one of us doesn't just respond with somebody saying, that's actually hilarious. Uh, and I remember even in the commentary for the movie, Edgar Wright saying that they just love that line. So they decided to fit in this random line from the movie that's just randomly hilarious with him saying that's actually hilarious and they have the newscaster say it on TV. So there's your trivia stuff and all that. But uh, uh, yes, uh, a lot, a lot for a lot of the minor characters in this, uh, but uh, we're about to get to the fight scene where there's a lot of other Easter eggs that I'm not a hundred percent sure why they chose what they chose coming up. Uh, I can't wait to talk all about that. Um. <laughs> I mean, let me, let me yeah. just mention it now. Cause some of it's already come up already. Okay. So during this big action sequence chase that we're going to have, you see a lot of, I guess there's supposed to be props from other movies filming there. Some of them are kind of obvious. Like you see a T-Rex appear several times. You even see a dinosaur skeleton. Obvious reference to like Jurassic Park. Uh, there's a shark at one point, which obvious reference to Jaws. Uh, so I was thinking these are like Universal movies because like Universal Studios did uh, the Scott Pilgrim movie. And of course did like, uh, I think they did Jaws, but they uh, definitely did like Jurassic Park as well. Uh, but uh, some of the other ones here, like there's there's a plant, like a killer plant from Little Shop of Horrors that appears on the movie set. Did you catch that at the beginning? Wasn't there like someone who got, I, oh my God, maybe I'm, but like someone dressed up as like, you know, the character was taught, like, oh, wasn't there a character that's like supposed to be Seymour 
in the in this episode. I'm like now blanking. I, no, I I mean I caught that there was somebody in like a costume of an alien, which is obviously like from the movie Alien. There was like a little shop of horrors thing. There's a lot of these, and then I read in the trivia a couple that I didn't even catch here at the end here. Uh, so little shop of horrors, Jurassic Park. Red Dead Redemption, which I Ben and I talked about the game recently. I haven't played it. Uh, Alien, King Ghidorah from Godzilla is in here. E.T. There's some reference to E.T. here in Jaws. So uh, a lot of little movie Easter eggs they have uh, early in the movie, but then it will also come up in the chase here. Sorry. Um, uh, yeah, it, th I will say, like, unlike some of the other fights that come up, this one kind of came out of nowhere for me. I feel like this was like a, a little bit shoehorned of like, we've got to get a fight in every episode. Mm -hmm. um, and it has to be the, the paparazzi ones... ninjas in this to explain. Yeah, that, that was like, random. Celebrity. I don't know if there's any connection to the story, but like, it just seems so random that they needed a fight. Yeah, I mean, we're going to get at least one other episode showing what happens to Lucas after this, uh, which... I guess the context is they have to have it where his Hollywood career is destroyed. So even the thing about him dating a 31 year old, like it's kind of a funny joke, but then th this is probably one of the lesser explained plot twists they have that I guess the paparazzi turned on him. Cause you see all these ninjas there and they got cameras, but I was wondering like, are these actual ninjas who are posing as paparazzi? Like it doesn't quite play. I think the way they intended it to here but I'm I'm assuming this is supposed to be the paparazzi and they're just dressed as ninjas and this is supposed to be they've turned on him and they're falling around and attacking him or something. Yeah, I yeah, I'm I I don't know if maybe we'll get more I'll feel like I'll have more context later, but it really came out of nowhere for me. Uh but they're they're in his trailer and like they do the like the crazy like visuals, like they they get they really do sparks again. I know that we talked about that for only romance. They really do the sparks again. And then, like, all these, like, ninjas just come out and, like, they start attacking. It's, like, he, then he uses his, like, skateboard as a defense. And then he, like, similar to, to last episode, he he goes around all the different sets, the movie genres. Um, like you said, we just went through a lot of them. But he goes through all these different sets. And it's, like, sort of this, like, one-track camera kind of movement where they're following him throughout the, um, the whole sequence. And... And every time he defeats one, he gets, does he get 120 or or what's the like money that he's collecting? Oh, I, I, I wasn't calculating how much it was. I know you we see the first one, but yeah, it, it, it builds up to whatever his final total to 999.99. Yeah. Until he gets to 1 million. So that's what, um, 999 toonies. Oh, or pennies maybe. How much would that be in dollars? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it's a lot <laughs> <laughs> whatever um but anyway like they just have a whole bunch of different fighting they go through the sets he defeats them he like punches them he smacks the skateboard at them they do a, a dive spin um they do the very very anime thing of when they have the in, in air collision and there's like a little bit of tension there at the like at the the point of contact and they hold and then then you see what happens like very, very pulling from that and a very two second backstory that they throw in here, which yeah. is like very caught me off guard. I, I I was like, oh, backstory. And then we're going to fill. And I took like two words. I was like, OK, broken heart. That's it. Like mm -hmm. the last time it was like a full on story. So this kind of, again, not really giving a lot of the context for this character. Um, and that's not really it. Like he he gets kind of 
he wins, but he also kind of loses because he's like in bad shape. Mm-hmm. So Ramona somehow sneaks him off set in her bag, <laughs> which the, the least believable thing in the entire episode, I would say, <laughs> is him fitting into her bag. Um, and we find out at this point that he lost the role already in the, the time being. I don't know if this was like you said, like whether there was um, behind the scenes action going that we we are going to get context on later on, but he he doesn't have the part anymore. And yeah, he's going to, he's just moves on. Um, and then the cliffhanger of the episode is that the, um, the vegan guy breaks into the set and the portal appears. Mm-hmm. And then that's kind of the end of it, which is, they're so good at doing these cliffhangers. I love yeah. it. Um, and that's kind of the end of the episode. Uh, yeah. So this is something I wouldn't have caught originally, but another trivia thing is all the songs that are used in this. Uh, I'm going to assume the soundtrack for you is the same like obviously you're watching the 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 japanese dialogue uh but the song sounded like english language what you were listening to right like there was even a song that kept talking that had the word whatever in it did you catch that and yeah then, yeah no they're, they're doing english songs for me okay so uh yeah they keep the same soundtrack uh all of the songs in this episode uh were from tony hawk's pro skater games which did you ever play the tony hawk games no Oh, there are great games. I actually, Jamie actually uh, asked for it. I think last Christmas I got her the uh, it's, I guess the Xbox update of uh, the classic Tony Hawk game, but every single song of this, including the Johnny cash song that plays at the end, the ring of fire, Johnny cash song were in Tony Hawk video games, which that's kind of cool. Cause also the, um, the, the, the graphic or whatever that they have uh, for this episode, I found with this trivia, they're using video game graphics. Like there was street fighter, I think for one, uh, with uh, this one, it's um, a game called Skate Your Skate Your Die. I don't know if that's a typo, if that was the name of the game, uh, or maybe it's an anime. But uh, yeah, they, they a lot of skateboarding stuff they throw into this episode. Um, I'm kind of with you. Like, I think that the I think what I like about uh, the the chase scene here is that it is very over the top. We we kind of use it for the graphics um, uh, for our social media for this with all the ninjas chasing them. It's very over the top. I like the little Easter eggs, but I mean, the fight scene's not quite as good as what we got last week. Uh, th- th- it is similar though, like how last week we got all the different genres thrown in and this time he's sort of passing the movie prop genres. But I mean, we're not getting anything. I, I-, I would rank of the fights we've seen, like the-, the Matthew and Gideon fight from episode two, the Roxy and Ramona fight last week and this one. This would definitely rank a- at the bottom of my fight scenes. Uh, but uh, um the, the backstory that we eventually get out of this, what they add, I think, is that broken skateboard. I don't remember that from the story, but the idea that like his heart was broken. The character of Lucas, I think, is he's not quite as mean as the movie portrays him and probably not quite as mean as this uh, animated version portrays him as. But that's why it's good that they have this thing there that his heart was broken because Ramona literally does just leave him. Uh, and the guy that she leaves him for, we're going to see next week. Cause it's going to be the, the Todd episode, the X number three. Uh, it, the, the whole story is that he's, she's supposed to have actually just gone from Lucas is there. And then Todd walks by and she's like, see you later, Lucas. Uh, and then this did leave him feeling very bitter so that they, they include that in there. Uh, but the added thing with like the broken skateboard is just, you know, like, Oh, I saved this as a memory of my heart being broken. This is what drove him to become so famous and everything. Uh, that's kind of new. The uh the, the one thing that I don't quite get here because again I'm not an anime person is I I got all the whole alien and Jurassic Park references but the poster that he breaks through 
uh, is a poster for something called The End of Evangelion, which is, I guess, a, a, an anime series. Jamie would probably know what this is. I, do you do you know what it is? Yeah, Evangelion. Evangelion. Um, there we go. So now you, you can finally be the expert here. And I look like <laughs> the idiot. Is this like very popular? Yes. Okay. I mean, I'm not I'm not super familiar with that specific, like the title you gave it, but mm-hmm. like I know the series. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I guess that the post of the breaks through is modeled after that. Or I don't know if it's actually supposed to be, um, a, another, uh, figure with the, the bag that you were mentioning, uh, as you said, like very over the top, very unrealistic. I don't remember if this is, uh, really from the comics other than the fact that she does pull her, like her hammer weapon out of it, which I think we saw last week, but, uh, remember this bag for later in the series. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, this bag will play an important role, uh, coming up later on. Uh, but uh, I, it just makes me laugh for whatever reason. Like you see Lucas's head popping out of this bag and he's in there holding this whole conversation with her. Uh, probably the only line that they give that dates when this series was made where they're giving kind of an in joke is uh, where he's talking about uh, everything that happens. And he's like, I, I kind of feel like when there's a TV show that's taken off the air when they don't want it on anymore, I wish they had a word for that, which obviously he's using the word cancel which is a play on, you know, modern day Lucas Lee's, you know, as a celebrity has now been canceled. He's part of cancel, uh, cancel culture or whatever. That's probably the only line I think in the entire series that is a nod or a joke to the modern audience uh, where this is obviously supposed to take place 20 years ago. But that was kind of funny that like Lucas Lee was canceled and he doesn't know. I wish they had a word for that. Uh, and, uh, also the, the, the nice moment, probably the only moment we get where we realize Lucas is maybe dumb, but not necessarily a bad guy is, uh, where he's talking about, yeah, I, I, uh, did all this. I just, I never wanted to be a nobody. And then she's just saying nothing. It's like, this is your cue to say, you're not a nobody. <laughs> Lucas, you're not a nobody. Uh, the, the one, uh, trivia thing, which I got uh, a big kick out of here was uh, he mentions how he was at the premiere of a movie called Teen Sorcerers 4 and he puked all over Winifred Haley, which uh, this is not like a real celebrity. This is a character that had, uh, a, a, I would say not a huge role, but a significant role in the uh, the Scott Pilgrim book during the Lucas sequence uh, where she was uh, an actress that was starring in the movie that he was making at the time. Here's just a throwaway line. In the movie, her character doesn't even appear. Although I did look up the trivia that apparently she's in the background, but it's like one of these things where, you know, the director said this is supposed to be Winifred Haley, but that is a character from the books that he just says he puked on here. Uh, And yeah, the vegan portal, like they're just adding layer upon layer of this mystery, which I remember watching this the first time around and you're thinking to yourself, okay, well, we're coming up on episode five, but we're still going to have, they're, they're not going to resolve this. Can it, can it be Todd? But obviously this portal is exactly the same. Uh, so it, it really has you scratching your head here. And uh, <laughs> when he's going past the guards here, when uh, Todd, the X number three comes through and he's saying he wanted to audition for a role in the movie. I just love, I don't know why, but I just love that they say, watch out guys, vegan coming through. <laughs> vegan is like a status symbol in this universe, which is hilarious. I, I'm kind of spoiling it here, um, but I'm I'm still going to buy this episode. But uh, I think this one is uh, a fun episode that maybe doesn't necessarily add as much as some of the other one does for me. Yeah, I, yeah, I feel like it's um, it lost a little bit of the continuity. Um, it, it has that because Ramona's still doing the search, but it just felt like she never even said anything. She was just there. Yeah. So yeah, it's hard. It, it feels like a little bit out of place, especially for me right now as i'm watching one by one 
you know, in between our recordings. So it's like, not that I'm, I'm catching ahead. Like, I don't know what happens next episode. So it does feel a little bit out of place compared to the other three. Mm -hmm. I, I will say that um, I don't know whether this will improve when you see the next episode, but um, the next episode is going to continue on the set of this movie. So, uh, you know, Lucas is gone, but we're going to get more of the making of this movie because obviously Todd's come in as the replacement. So we get like a two episode arc here about the making of Scott Pilgrim's Precious Little Life, the motion picture. Well, I look forward to, I always look forward to the episodes because they always cliffhanger me so well. <laughs> well, so. and I'll, I'll also say next week's episode, it's an unusual one because even though it's similar to this in, in terms of like, it's taking place on the set of the movie, the way that it's made is is probably the most different of the series. Uh, so it, it, I, I won't get into too much more on the fact that like the the format of next week's episode is going to be a bit of a twist to you. Are, are you are you buying this one still? I uh, I feel are, are you you are you you bought it? Oh yeah, I'm still buying. I, I'm not going to bid any episode. <laughs> this this will be eight buys in a row. Um, yeah, I'll join you. Why not? All right, good. Uh, rankings? Are you uh, kind of with me that this is four out of the four? What do I have now? Uh, you had three is number one. Um, three. And then I don't remember whether you had one or two next. Um, you tell me, do you have one or two next? I didn't write it down. I thought you had it written down. <laughs> I can go back and listen to the episode. I can update you next week. The listeners probably know more than I do. Uh, okay. I feel, I think it's three, one, two at this point. And then four. Um, I think I'm going to go three, one, four, two. Three, one, four, two. Really? Okay. Because there's so much young Neil in this, and I love young <laughs> Neil. <laughs> He's so good. Uh, I just think of all the things he said and did. It was he was perfect. Well, you see, I was gonna leave this off of our whole predictions thing because, like, there's a couple actors in this movie that I know you would never know for anything else, nor would the other people. But uh, since we have a couple minutes here, do you want to take a guess as to who played young Neil out of the actors we have here? Okay, hold on one second. I got your Facebook. Uh... Young Neil. Okay, I haven't guessed that yet. Who looks the most young Neil like? All right, let me. Um, I don't think it's this one named Michael Sierra. I don't think no, it's that no. one. Um, so I know it's not Michael Sierra. I know it's not Chris Evans. Um, I oh my god, I'm so wrong. The youngest looking one in my eyes is Kieran Culkin, but I don't. Oh, we haven't guessed who he plays. No. Well, he's in this episode too. Do you want to take a guess as to who Kieran Culkin is? Because it's not young Neil. So Chris Evans is Lucas Lee. Yeah. And oh, the only one left is um, I'm blanking on the, Wallace, right? Yeah. So Kieran Culkin's Wallace. Yeah, you got it. Was he both Wallaces? He well, he was. Yeah, because I think he's doing the voice. It sounds like it. I didn't see a credit for another Wallace. So yeah, probably. Okay, so he's Wallace. I have no idea who Young Neil is. I, I'm I'm just going to spoil it because I think this actor needs to do a whole lot more. Johnny Simmons. Uh, now, looking at his Wikipedia page, there's a couple of things he's known for outside of um, Scott Pilgrim. Uh, the Perks of Being a Wallflower, he had a supporting role in that. Uh, Evan Almighty. So this would have been a couple of years before Scott Pilgrim. So he might have even been like still a kid at this point. But uh, he is like so brilliant. Like... I can't wait for you to see the movie, just to see how different he is and how much he can do by saying almost nothing at all. Uh, but it, it, this is the most unfortunate thing that he hasn't become like a bigger star because this guy's just brilliant. 
Uh, so yeah, let's let's get let's get Johnny Simmons on the show. Maybe we can talk to him. Who knows? Uh, but uh, yeah, he's he's unsung hero of Scott Pilgrim. Jamie's favorite character in the movie. Your favorite character in the anime. Um, one of my favorite characters all around. An all around great guy. Young Neil or Johnny Simmons? Johnny Simmons and Young Neil. Okay, well, and I'm Neil not Young. I'm not hearing um, Johnny Simmons, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You haven't heard Johnny Simmons yet. No, uh, but uh, no, he he's brilliant once again. I'm sure that the Japanese Johnny Simmons is great too. I'm look. Yuto Kawasaki is young Neil. So. Oh, also let's also get him on the show. Uh, no Wikipedia page, though, <laughs> unfortunately. Um. I do love this. This is a this is a joke that um, we have for our 24 episodes. But uh, Connie Britton uh, has like she doesn't follow anybody on Instagram. And we're like that is like the greatest move ever. I am gonna be on Instagram. You can follow me. I can't follow you. Uh, Johnny Simmons, he's only got 3,236 followers, so I'm going to start following Johnny Simmons. But Johnny Simmons follows six people. I mean, he's only six steps away from being Connie Britton. Six degrees from Connie Britton right here, Johnny Simmons. Uh, yes, yeah, so let's make this 3,238. Can we? Can you follow Johnny Simmons on Instagram? Um, yeah, sure, after yeah, this. You, you still know nothing about him. <laughs> no. But we're going to follow Johnny Simmons. Uh, and we're going to get his numbers up there, but he only follows our official uh, mascot for 2024. Johnny, Johnny Simmons. Simmons. Yes. <laughs> I want to see who are the six people that he follows. He follows Edgar Wright, director of Scott Pilgrim. He follows trans rider or Trenton rider who trend rider, not trans rider. <laughs> uh, he follows Netflix us Netflix geeked perks of being a wallflower, the movie and girl boss, the movie. So he follows projects he's been in, and whoever Trenton Ryder is, who uh, is an artist, that's all it says. Uh, bio says two-time college dropout. Uh, so yeah, you go Trenton Ryder. You're followed by Johnny Simmons. Maybe we'll get Trenton Ryder on here. I don't know. That'll be our big land of the season. Um, is there any, like, you know how like KFC did that thing where it only followed the seasonings and spices in their recipe oh. or something? <laughs> is there a code in that that we, we could we discover? I'm going to ask Johnny Simmons to decode uh, uh, Netflix, the movies he's in, and Trenton Ryder. <laughs> yeah, maybe there's like a mystery that like yeah. he's like a national treasure clue that we oh, have to figure out. Maybe if you add up all those, what's the name of the Japanese uh, young Neil? Oh, I, Yuto Kawasaki, I think I said. M maybe that's what the code is. I'm going to take my guess at that. Uh, I'm all also going to follow well Yuto Kawasaki or whatever his name is. I don't, oh, okay, I don't know. We'll find out. Anyway. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. That's it, right? We're done. Right. We're done. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, we say lines. Uh, <laughs> listen to, to things on the Oz Network. And um, let me see. Do I have a line? Um, <laughs> uh, Leave this in the episode. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh I don't know. What the heck do I say? Um, all right. The cameras stop rolling. No, they don't actually roll. I don't know what I'm saying. Oh, no, I love I'm that Rossi. of all Goodbye. that, you still miss the my name is Rossi part of it. Uh, whatever. Just we don't know who you are. Hang up. My name is Colin, and that's actually hilarious. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. 
And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time. 